Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Often in our churches, because of a lack of good teaching, Many of our churches are running an ambulance service. We're speaking to people after they have crashed off the cliffs. I think there's a better way. God's desire is for us to operate by being proactive, by teaching prevention. Today we're going to be taking a good hard look at marriage from a biblical viewpoint. Pastor Mark teaches that most people have entered into one of the most intimate, exciting relationships that God ever developed, with really no instruction or planning whatsoever, and they're clueless because they're trying to do it alone. This isn't what God had in mind when He designed it. Listen in to hear some great examples of what we should be doing and lessons for what we shouldn't, as we learn about real men and women who've triumphed and failed in this important facet of life. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Proverbs, chapter 5, verse 15, with part one of our message entitled, Biblical Blueprint of Marriage. I want to just open tonight with Proverbs chapter 5 because I want you to see basically your homework that's coming so that you can understand what we're going to be studying. If you will, just turn down to around uh, verse 15. This is going to be your homework for next week. I'm not going to address a lot of it tonight, but I want you to look at all of Proverbs chapter 5. Let's just go down to uh, verse 15. Solomon, the wisest man on earth spoke these words drink water from your own cistern running water from your own well should your springs overflow in the streets your streams of water in the public squares let them be yours alone never to be shared with strangers may your fountain be blessed May you rejoice in the wife of your youth, a loving doe, a graceful deer. May her breasts satisfy you always. May you ever be captivated by her love. Why be captivated by my son by an adulteress? Why embrace the bosom of another man's wife? For a man's ways are in full view of the Lord, and he examines all his paths. This is your homework assignment. 
Have fun. What does this have to do with marriage? What is a cistern? What is a stream? I'll wait for your answers next week. How many have ever been to Pikes Peak? Anybody? Good. Once a year, on the 4th of July, they have this great race on the Pikes Peak. These racers in their, either their motorcycle or an automobile, if you can imagine, if you've ever driven that road, you wonder who's crazy. But they negotiate these 12 miles. In those 12 miles are 156 turns that are like, ah! And they do that in 10 minutes. Now, I want you to imagine that you're doing the race. And I'm going to give you two options to do the race just before we start. The first option is, before you start the race, there are no instructions, no warning signs on any of the curves, no safety fences on the curves, and no lights. The second option is that before you start this race, there are complete instructions, safety fences at every danger spot, warning signs everywhere, full lighting so that you can see every aspect, and also the person that's riding with you has raced this 1,000 times. Now, which of these options, well, let me say it another way. Who would pick option one? <laughs> we'll pray for you tonight. Why would we take option two? It's safe. Does it matter that the guy who's done it a thousand times would be in your car? For sure. Because the experience counts for something. Well, for sure, as we look at this, some of you say, well, Pastor Mark, that's stupid. If I took option one, the only hope would be an ambulance service at the bottom of one of those cliffs. They would pick up whatever pieces were left. Do you know tonight that most people in our world do marriage by option one? They have entered into marriage, one of the most intimate, exciting relationships that God ever developed, with really no instructions, they don't know there's any warning signs. They don't have any clue about the past. And they're trying to do it alone. Now here's the problem. In our churches, often in our churches, because of a lack of good teaching, many of our churches are running an ambulance service. We're speaking to people after they have crashed off the cliffs. I think there's a better way. God's desire is for us to operate by being proactive, by teaching prevention. We have the Bible. We have the author. We know about life, even married life. We heard much of it this weekend already. I want you to see a great passage. You don't need to turn to it. It's in Proverbs, which is the book we're studying. It's the New American Standard. It says this, A wise person will hear and increase learning. So if I'm a wise person tonight, as we go through some of these things, some of them very common, but other things God's going to speak to all of us about. 
Turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. Not difficult to find first one. You see, in this room tonight, we are all building our own individual lives and many of us are involved in a marriage. Or maybe you've just come out of a marriage and you're hurting. Is there a plan? Is there a design? No matter where you're at, 50 years, 20 years, many students here tonight looking to marry well, to try to find God's will. Is there a way for us to do that? Yes, there is. We see in Genesis 1-1 the designer of everything. In the beginning, God. Everything in this world was created by God. In the beginning, God. God is the designer of everything. I'm going to give you around seven points and then a few extras, just free charge tonight. First, God designed marriage. It starts with man in fellowship with God. Turn over, you're right there in Genesis, to Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. The Lord God took the man, put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. In the garden, God had a relationship with Adam. The basic element of life is God and man. The very first thing that goes in is the foundation. You need a really good foundation. You can have every other relationship in the world. If you don't have this one, the foundation, nothing else matters. It all started with man and God. God loved man. Man was talking to God. There was a relationship. That is the foundation. Everything comes back to that. And when we end the service, I'm going to remind you of this. Whether you're man or woman, do you know God? Do you have a personal relationship with God? See, God took Adam, put him in the garden. Most of the world doesn't understand this. God is aloof. He's far away. Can't be spoken of. Couldn't relate to. Isn't interested in me as an individual. That's all lies of Satan. It all goes back to the foundation. As that foundation in that building out there is firm, the building will go up. As my foundation is with God, so will this building go up, and then my marriage, and then my job, and then my parenting, everything else depends on this foundation. Now, Adam had a responsibility. He was there working it. You know the story. Turn over to uh, Genesis 2.18, as just a couple verses. He, he's counting all the animals. We're not going to go through all that. You know all of that. He sees Mr. and Mrs., Mr. and Mrs., Mr. and Mrs., and he's Mr. He's no, he's hurting. He's got a problem. God sees that, and God adds a woman to complete man. Verse 18, the Lord said, God, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. The word helper just means someone who can assist another to reach fulfillment. If you're married tonight and your spouse is here, squeeze their hand. They're your helper. I can't get to my wife. She's with a mother-in-law. That's another whole story. <laughs> she is. She's back there tonight. Adam 
needed someone suitable that would provide what was missing in his life. Turn back to Genesis 1.27. And I'm not going to spend long on this, but I think it is important. We're not talking in this time on on submission in this series as we're going through Proverbs. We'll catch that as we start the book of Ephesians. Genesis 1.27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Notice, both male and female were created in whose image? God's image. So both a male and a female have equal worth. You won't find that in the Taliban. They have equal worth. Now, even though they have equal worth, they have different functions. Let me share this. J. David Paulson says this, The male-female equality of creation in God's image does not mean interchangeability. A cylinder head and a crankcase may be of the same material, size, weight, and cost, but they cannot be exchanged. Matthew Henry said it best, you've probably heard it, but it does repeating because of all the misinformation that's out there. Eve was made by God not of Adam's head to rule over him, nor out of his feet to be trampled upon by him, but out of his side to be equal with him, but under his arm to be protected and near his heart to be loved. God did it right. Number two, God designed marriage to be a threesome. Psalm 127.1, unless the Lord builds a house, its builders labor in vain. This is the triangle. You're familiar with it, but let's rehearse it again. Marriage is not a twosome, it's a threesome. And it is based on a husband and a wife and God. It's a triangle. It's a husband and a wife and God. They're a unit. And that is the foundation, you'll see in a moment, of our world. Right there is the foundation. That is a picture of the foundation of the world. Always God's plan. Never, ever, ever has changed. You can't interchange these parts. It's a man and a woman and God. That is the definition of marriage. Doesn't matter what ABC, CBS, especially Fox, has to say. That is the definition of a marriage. Now, as you see that, there is a blueprint then in our lives. You cannot leave God out of your plans and expect your marriage to really find success. Now, let me say something just for a moment. That does not mean, when I say that, for those of you that are here, because I know there are many like that, that does not mean tonight, if you're here and you're a Christian and your spouse is not a Christian, that you can't find some success in marriage. You can. And in fact, 1 Corinthians says, if that unbelieving spouse wants you to stay, you are to stay. You are to be a witness through your life to them. The goal, that they would see Christ and come under this thing and form this triangle that we showed you. So, if you're here tonight and 
You say, Pastor Mark, man, this is really hard because my husband or my wife isn't a believer. They're not interested in the things of God. They want me to stay in the marriage and we're doing okay. Then you stay there. God will bless you. There needs to be one light in the dark house. You're there. God will give you strength. He'll encourage you. Many a family has been changed because of a praying spouse. God brings him. Now, let me just address this quickly. If you're in that relationship and there's abuse and beating and all kinds of stuff, don't let anybody tell you God wants you there. God doesn't want you to be physically abused. You separate yourself from there. You call the police. You call this office. We have plenty of policemen here. You get yourself to a safe place. Then we'll work on it later. So amazing things I hear on radio from pastors saying, stay in there, keep getting beat up. It's okay because God will give you strength. That's foolishness. You get out, take your kids, find safety, we'll help, and we'll pray for the husband or the wife. goes both ways today. So if you have a spouse that isn't believing, that doesn't mean that you can't find some success. Certainly you find more success if both are believers and after God's heart. But you stay right there. Number three, look at verse 24 in chapter 2. Marriage begins with leaving. That sounds strange, but that's what happens. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united with his wife, and they will become one flesh. Leaving just means this. All other relationships take on lesser importance. That includes our relationship with our parents, old friends, even eventually with our children. That is a principle that happens. Soon when you have children, they will leave. You need to let them form their own unit. They won't abandon you. They'll be with you, but they need to leave just as you needed to leave your parents. That is a process. In fact, even was mentioned this weekend. Some of you weren't here, so I emphasize it again. When we go through our four months of premarital counseling, this is one chapter we talk about. This is one area that always seems to be a problem. You have to leave. You have to cut those emotional ties. There's a new unit. It's the husband and the wife and God. That's the new unit. Number four, marriage continues with cleaving. Cleave means, notice in there, a man will leave his father and mother and be united with his wife. That united or cleaving in one of the New King James or whatever means to, to bond together, to glue. If you write in your Bible just by that verse, write super glue. That's what it means. It means determined action. We hold on to because we choose to. It's not passive. We're holding on because God has said we are to make this commitment one to another of permanent love and faithfulness between a husband and wife. And, and let me just share this with you. I don't have time to go into a lot of it, but I want to remind you. Next week I'll mention a couple things. Let's take these two pieces of paper tonight. Let's say I put some glue on them and I put them together. And we waited a few moments, and it was super glue. How am I going to separate these? Well, we'll just pull apart here, and they'll neatly come apart. Is that right? No, they don't neatly come apart. There's no way to make it neatly come apart. And I'm going to read a poem to you next week from a teenager who was in a home. And this is not to put guilt on you, but this was for those of you that are contemplating leaving. You see, the world says today, Oh, you can leave. It's no big deal. Kids are fine. They do fine. They don't do fine. And neither do you. Because it was never God's plan. God today still 
hates divorce. It's not the unpardonable sin, but he hates divorce. So when that tears, that rips, that shreds, you can't put it back together. It hurts. So God says, I want you to leave, and then I want you to cleave. And the cleaving is face-to-face. It's a relationship. It's a bond. Number five, marriage involves oneness. Oneness means that when we're glued together by God, notice, be united, and they will become one flesh. Only God can do that. Only God can. You know, we do many marriages, but only God puts people together. We do the ceremony and the teaching and all that, but God does it. It's a supernatural thing that God does. When we're glued together by God, we come into this interdependent relationship. We're a team. It's companionship. Let me talk to you about two areas of companionship. I'll give you about four more areas next week. Spiritual companionship. Let me challenge you. How often do you pray with your spouse? You see, there's a companionship together. And as I mentioned this, it's challenging for all of us. Sometimes you will find this in your life. The hardest person to pray with is your spouse. Amazing, isn't it? But challenge you tonight, if you're not praying with your spouse, do it. That spiritual companionship, working together, what a, what a blessing it is as we go to God in prayer and, and we share those things. Even the homework I'm going to give you tonight when you leave. Every time I do these little series on marriage, about once a year for two or three weeks, you get homework. You know that. So you're going to have homework as you leave tonight. Well, when are you going to do it? You do it together. You sit down and you look face to face and you do some homework. Next, recreational companionship. You see, remember when you first dated? Those of you who've been married a little while, you know, a little while. What it was like, the excitement, the joy, the, the fun, the, the fun, the fun, the fun, the fun, the fun. How long has it been? One of the things you'll see that destroys our marriages is boredom. We just do the same old, do something different. Expand. You say, well, you don't know my husband. You don't know my wife. No, I don't. Do it anyway. I'm serious. This week, when you get ready to do your homework assignment, go somewhere different. Sit down and do your homework. Just somewhere you normally never are. Just do something different. Husband, you're the spiritual leader. You got the car keys. Do something different. If you're stuck in the mud, then wife, prod them. You do it. Do something different. Have some freshness that comes to our marriage. So there's companionship that needs to be involved in this. Number six, Genesis 2.25. Marriage involves intimacy. I'm not going to spend much time on this because I'm going to do a whole thing on it next week as we... Go verse by verse through chapter 5 of Proverbs. Okay, so we know there's two options to choose from when it comes to doing life. We can choose to tackle it without instructions, which is dangerous and silly, or we could approach it fully prepared with instructions to be safe and smart. We learned today that everyone is in some stage of building their own individual lives. So let's take Pastor Mark's advice and do it right with God. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. God designed marriage, and it's got the potential to be one of the most fulfilling, intimate relationships you'll ever experience. To help it reach appropriate levels of expectation, you must familiarize yourself with the Creator and incorporate His biblical standards. Make sure to tune in next time on Lessons for Living to be encouraged and challenged to bring God into the equation and finally experience this part of life as He intended. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living and together, let's do life right. Let us hear your lessons.